Did I interest you in a stamp? Yeah, give me a stamp. Oh. No, give me a purple one. Oh, I'm sorry we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one. person hasn't got any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you gotta buy. Live from Kelly Paper, this is the award-winning stamp show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. This is episode number 360, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this podcast by joining. The cost is only $10 for a lifetime membership. Listen to the end credits of the podcast for information. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Albert. So uh, we are going to be discussing, I guess, uh, paper costs. Because paper costs have gone way up. And as a matter of fact, it sort of is a side note. Yesterday, I went to Jim Forty's and I bought five boxes. I had bought five boxes before of uh, envelopes, postal stationary envelopes that were first day covers along with mint. And I paid, eh, I'm going to figure there was about $180 of face value on them out of two of the boxes. The other two were, uh, I don't count the face value of the first day covers, but it was about $180 and I paid $100 for it. But the biggie is, is that a box of envelopes right now that I ship my eBay stuff in costs about $45 for a box. And this is a box of like 500 number 10s? Yeah. Actually, because they're thicker, the post office makes a thicker envelope. It's actually more sturdy. It's a higher rag stop, higher rag stock. Um, it's a better envelope. But I think that there's only like 400 in a box. But I paid about half face and then got the envelopes for free. And so I figure I got about $225 worth of envelopes plus $180 of postage on them for 100 bucks. And for the first day covers, I'm just going to take a block of four of 15 cent stamps, which are nice and big, or maybe even a block of six of 10 cent stamps and cover up the first day cancel. <laughs> cover yeah. up the, the prior stamp with the first day cancel and then just use it as an envelope. And uh, just for like real grins, the average cover catalogs like a dollar and a quarter. <laughs> Which, oh, the average first day cover? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm using it just as an envelope. 
So that shows kind of what the value to me of a first day cover is. I mean, these are obviously non, uh, not cached and stuff like that. And they're just unaddressed. They're basically paper. Yeah. They're basically envelopes, and you're just going to put stamps over the uh, the first day ca- and the cancellation. Yep, and we're going to cover up the prior indicia and the cancel with uh, new stamps. Now, can you remove the stamp before uh, well, and not ruin the cover? It's postal stationary, so oh, it, oh, it's, okay. it's an indicia as opposed to a stamp. Right. But uh, I wouldn't even want to put the labor into it. Hmm. So... Uh, at $45 a box of envelopes, I bought five boxes for $100, and they had postage on them, which kind of shows you what the cost of paper is right now, which gets us into our actual topic of the discussion. We're not, PSE isn't doing their stamp market quarterly in printed form. It's on the uh, website, gradingmatters.com. And realistically, it's not a quarterly because it's updated all the time. Whenever we get a number, we plug it on in. But we are going to now have it as an insert into the Kelleher Connections magazine. And uh, because the magazine is, I don't know how how many pages, probably 90 pages. 16 pages in the middle is now going to be the SMQ. Is that going to cover the entire span of SMQ or just sections? No, it's going to be sections. Uh, One quarter is going to be Scott number one to 500, then 500 on to whatever it ends in. And then we're going to have back of the book. And then the fourth one is going to be Hawaii, Canal Zone, Philippines, U.S., Philippines, uh, United Nations, whatever we fill it up with. So it'll be a quarterly again, but it's not going to be printed. And the reason is, is because, and I don't know how many of you out there have gotten the Book of Secrets number three. We are sold out. The Book of Secrets number three was color varieties, how to identify pink number 64s, you know, the different shades of US number one, you know, all the great ones. Great seller. We sold them all. Hmm. So I go, okay, print up some more. And what were, we, what were we selling them at? We were selling them at 10 bucks. 10 bucks. If you bought them online, you'd pay $15 because we'd have to pay postage. And postage on them is like $2.90. So we actually, if you bought it online, we made two bucks. Um, they raised the printing cost up to $10. So now we can't sell them for $10 anymore because, you know, we have to make a little bit of money on them. So the cost of paper, the cost of ink, has really whacked the ability to print a lot of stuff, including, like, magazines. I'm sure uh, I was speaking with David Kugel, who is the head of Kelleher. Uh, stamp auctions and also prints the Kelleher connections. And he was talking about going to a subscription base. He used to give the magazines out for free to his bidders. And now he's going to go a subscription base. So, you know, everybody is feeling the pinch from the increased cost of paper. 
And is it is it the raw materials of the paper? Is that the, the problem? Yeah, it's the actual paper cost. So uh, that's going on. But um, this is partially a hangover from the, from the two years of the COVID. I'm sure that it is. However, you know, I I I attribute almost nothing now to transient inflation and supply shock and stuff like that. You know, I have total different opinion from a lot of people I speak with. Uh, you know, people who listen have heard my uh, economics commentaries, my economics podcasts. I think that it's all over. I think that we're just living in a time of uh, inflation right now. And we're going into a recession, which is going to compound it. And it's going to be difficult for people to print things. So trees did not pause growing for two years? Oh, actually, I think they did. Yeah? Yeah, tree COVID. Yeah. Actually, we shouldn't say COVID. We should say the unspecified virus of unknown origin. Right. <laughs> yeah, but the production of paper did, did um, um, that I've heard on things like the New York Times website, production of paper did go down by about 20%. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, everything went down. The hit, but think about it for a moment, the production of paper went down 20%. I think the demand for paper went down 20% also, so you were still making enough. No, I think the demand went down by 40%. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. And because, the, so I don't, think, I don't think paper producers have really ramped up fully. To, to meet the new demand of new business and all that. Well, I just think it's more expensive. I mean, paper is heavy. You have to pay a truck to deliver it. Oil costs are up. Gasoline costs are up. Labor costs are up. But the cost of everything is up. I mean, you know, they say that we're, we are hitting 9% inflation. In 50 years, some economist is going to look back and say, you know, I did analysis, and, uh, you know, it wasn't 9% inflation. They were under uh, scoring it. They were underestimating it. They were under analyzing it, and it was actually more like 15 to 20%. Wouldn't shock me at all. No. Not, not even a little bit. <clears throat> so uh, I think that, you know, because of the cost of paper and stuff, a lot of these magazines her connections and everything else are uh, going to be kind of suffering. And yet, I buy I, I buy um, I buy magazines that I subscribe to through a website called discountmagazines.com, and I've been buying my food and recipe magazines, which normally used to cost between fifteen and twenty dollars a year, and I'm paying about five and a half or six dollars for them for a year. No. Yeah, you know, but again, they get most of their money probably from advertising, not from. Yes, so they have to guarantee a certain number of subscriptions, and that's yeah. why they reduce the cost. Well, that's one of the things about the Kelleher Connection is, and it, by the way, it is a fantastic magazine. It is truly great. It has great articles and stuff. Um, it's an advertisement, obviously, for Kelleher's auctions. And he also has other advertisers in there. Um, but it's mostly an advertisement for him. 
It's sort of like the SMQ is an advertisement for PSE. Uh, by the way, uh, people probably don't know what the SMQ is. Mark, why don't you tell people what the SMQ is? The, the Stamp Market Quarterly is what it stands for, SMQ. And uh, it basically reflects the uh, prices that are currently being paid at auctions. So as auction houses um, hammer down uh, stamps, they report the, the uh, prices to uh, PSE, and PSE adjusts the SMQ to reflect um, what, the, uh, what the current uh, or what people are currently paying for the various stamps and the various grades. Yeah. yeah. This is, but the number one thing is these are graded stamps. Yep. These are, uh, this is not a supplement to the Scott's catalog. This is an independent thing because Scott's catalog lists the value of a stamp in supposedly grade 80. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why a lot of times, you know, people buy at a discount of Scott's and they think, oh, wow, I got a great deal. It's like, no, you bought a stamp that is very fine and that's the price and your stamp is not very fine. It's at a reduced price. So that's kind of something that people ignore from the Scott's catalog is that it is condition-driven, but the uh, SMQ is totally condition-driven. It's 100% condition-driven. Yeah. Well, it's condition-driven and then market-driven since it, it directly reflects what stamps realize in higher grades. Yeah. And the cool thing is because it is online and we don't have actually a printed copy, we report the information as soon as we get it is we don't Scott's catalog, you know, their pricing may be a year and a half old. And on the SMQ, it's, you know, well, if it's in the Kelleher magazine, you know, it's going to be old depending on when you get the insert out. But online, it's going to be as up to date as it can, can be. Although we are kind of hesitant to raise prices a lot. And prices have gone up a lot. Uh, Scott was talking to me yesterday about, you know, we raise the price of U.S. number ones and twos and dollar value Colombians and stuff. He was talking about putting them all up higher than twenty percent. And I go, yeah, but you know, you gotta, you but gotta be cautious because if you put it up thirty percent and then it drops back down to twenty percent, then you have a problem. Yeah, we had a discussion about this because uh, in the new catalog that that Scott the Scott catalog that's coming out, number one, uh, regular red brown is still cataloging at three hundred fifty dollars used, which is ridiculous. Right, but the but the one realization we or the one thing we have to to take into account is that most of the number ones out there are not very fine. They've got faults. They've got, you know, they're cutting the design and so forth. So the stamps that are graded higher than 80 in uh, as number ones, they are really selling at a premium because now you've got a stamp that is certified fault-free and, uh, and, and visually, you know, visually better than, uh, than, a, than the vast majority of number ones that are out there. If you look on eBay right now, and you compare it to any other stamp, um, again, I, I consider U.S. number one a prestige stamp. 
people people wanted it. everybody un- universally wants this stamp in their U.S. collection. I mean ones and twos. Yeah, well, I, I'm talking about just number ones. Uh, in my opinion, it's ones, twos, all the dollar value Colombians, the cattle in the storm. You know, mm-hmm. that's supposedly the best looking U.S. stamp. The Zeppelins. These are all prestige items. These are all stamps that 100 percent of the collecting community would like to have in their collection. You look on eBay and you take a number 762, and I don't even know what number 762 is, but if it's kind of a ratty-looking 762, you you can pick one up for 20% of catalog, maybe less. Mm -hmm. Um, A U.S. number one in ratty condition you're lucky if you can get it for less than $200, which puts it right off that a U.S. number one in decent condition, not very fine like it's supposed to be, but just decent condition, you're at $400. Well, if you're at $400 for a decent one, what are you at for a very fine one? Or 600 yeah, seven hundred. I think I think that's where U.S. number ones are going to wind up in a very short period of time. So yeah, we uh, we're doing the uh, SMQ. It's going to be in the Kelleher Connections. And for those of you who collect coins, you may know the gray sheet. The gray sheet is like a sheet that it gives you a current value of coins. You know, coins has the red book, which is like the Scott's catalog. Um, the gray sheet gives you current, up-to-date, monthly, or sometimes even weekly values for coins. And one of the reasons why it's so important is because it also tracks the price of gold and silver coins. And gold and silver coins go up with gold and silver. So having a year and a half old number for your gold coins, that's going to be really, really tough when gold is going up. Now, or right now, uh, for the last like two months, gold has gone down. So gold coins have gone down. Um, I think that it's a good move. I'm happy that we're able to participate with David Kugel in his auction. And uh, it will add a little bit where people will want the printout. Because like I said, we haven't printed an SMQ since before uh, COVID. And, you know, it's just expensive. These books are expensive to do now. Aliyah M. sent us from the Ukraine. She's actually in the Ukraine. And she sent us an envelope with Ukrainian contemporary war-torn area stamps. But he, she also sent us a souvenir sheet of the sinking of the uh, Russian boat. I forget what the name of the boat was in the Crimea. And it's a souvenir sheet. It shows a guy staring at a boat. And then the next stamp, boat's gone. <laughs> <laughs> 
So with the with the uh, with the little moniker that says "done." Yep, and the guy flipping off the boat. <laughs> so if you collect uh, stamps of people giving the finger to things, <laughs> and it's interesting in the salvage they have um, they have that uh, camouflage looking pattern that uh, computer computer generated camo. Yeah. I'm sure that um, just like pass every, it over to Albert. Joe I'm Albert. sure. I'm sure that every war, every war will have interesting postal history. Yeah. Even the even this war. Oh, it says Russian warship. Dot 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 done. <laughs> I like that. I mean, obviously, it's made for export because it's written in English as opposed to Cyrillic. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in every. It's it, it's in several different languages. Because it, and then it also says at the bottom, "Glory to the nation," but it says it also in Ukrainian. That's awesome. Yeah, that, when that showed up, that was she sent in a couple stamps to get expertized, and she sent that and said, "Here's a free gift," and it's like, "Wow, thank you, God, this is great." <laughs> and speaking about gifts, a shout out to Patricia H. Uh, we got. The book, The Yucatan Affair. She sent us a copy of it. And uh, this is a great book. I love this book. And so that will definitely go into the library. I think we had to correspond with this young lady. Just That's exciting, actually. Oh, I did. I, I do all the time. Well, I don't all the time. She sent us a bunch of stamps and uh, said, are any of these worth anything? And I said, no, not really. But I noticed that you're in the Ukraine, you know. <laughs> so, so it was, you know, a stay safe. You know, I know you're in some perilous situations there. I mean, depending on where in the Ukraine she is, and I'm not exactly where, uh, sure where. But, you know, that's, that's not a good place. I'm curious what the number is that's uh, right by here. You think it's a telephone number or a... Uh how many digits is it? A lot. <laughs> probably a telephone number. One, then. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, it's probably yep. inter- international code plus. Uh, yeah. Yeah, nice lady. Has a bunch of stamps. Is hoping that you know they have a lot of value, and uh, I don't think she realizes that the stuff she's getting in her mailbox today is more valuable than the stamps that she has that she's uh, asking about. I mean, the the war covers and stuff like that that she's getting is, that's postal history. That's big-time stuff. No, that's very interesting. Yeah. Well, anything else, or are we doing a short podcast today? Well, we continue to remind people that we meet every Tuesday at the Garden Buffet at the, at, uh, the South Point. Yeah, we had a lively conversation about a bunch of stuff today. We had uh, Cash uh, waxing eloquent on what he feels is happening in the economy. <laughs> yeah, I'll do another podcast on that, a little update, because... Uh, basically, the whole gist of what's going on is that people think inflation is going to end because if we go into a recession, and it'll drive down inflation, and uh, the 
Federal Reserve is increasing interest rates. And so as soon as they hit 2 3%, you know, it'll put a nix on inflation there too. And I'm just shaking my head going, there's no, no, not a, no way. First of all, we are in a recession. And this, the Fed has already announced a bunch of numbers. It isn't official yet. But I guarantee you we've been in a recession and uh, in, we've been in a re- Easy we, for we, you to say. Yeah, I know. We've. I'm. I'm shipping off my uh, sugar coma from lunch. We've been in a recession for two quarters, and inflation rates have gone up. So people who think it's going to drive them down, yeah, look at the last two months. I've heard from a credible source in the White House that um, two quarters of negative growth uh, no longer means recession. Ah, that that'll solve the problem. Yep. Yep. So, good news. <laughs> I'm relieved. Well, I think you can also announce the uh, the uh, when we're going to have our next Las Vegas show. Oh, our next Las Vegas show will be the second weekend in October. And the second weekend in December is the big Las Vegas show at the Orleans Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas. So, the um, second weekend in October is the... Uh, is actually we we don't run the show on Sunday, so it's Friday the seventh and Saturday the eighth. Right, because we get a lot of people from California, and nobody wants to drive to California from Las Vegas on Sunday. It the, turns the, a four-hour drive into a ten-hour drive. Though the tenth is Columbus Day. Oh well, we can celebrate Columbus. Also called Indigenous Peoples Day. Was Columbus an indigenous person? Well, he no. It was known as Columbus Day first. Oh, okay. So this is like, you know, you have uh, ice cream day on the same day as Valentine's Day. Well, so much for a long show. Enjoy. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. (laughs) Because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.